everybody and welcome back to another episode of the EFL Fantasy Podcast. My name is Jamie. My name is Angus. And my name is Dan. And we are back to review game week nine. Um, we'll get straight into it. We'll do it as we normally do. Um, we'll go through our scores. Um, Dan will go through the notable lineup news from the weekend. Um, key topics. Um, and then we'll go into the Twitter questions at the end. So I'll come to you first, Angus. How did you get on this week? Um, it wasn't a great week, aside from the score, because I got 69. Um, I had Hladkin goal for five. I had Drame uh, come off the bench. So Drame and Dembele come in with three and one for Broadhead and Ailing which meant that the only player that stayed on my bench was Giannoulis with 11. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, and Hume, 6, Davis, 5, uh, Fleming, 2, Somerville, 2, Dewsbury Hall, 11, Captain Jack Clark for 28, Vice-Captain Rutter for 4. Um, if John Pirro could control the ball, he would have pulled. Um, and Godden for 2. So uh, not a great week. Still going backwards, but uh, kind of enjoying that as well. It's got two around at one point, Angus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's only so far I could drop before I hit the dead teams. <laughs> uh, Dan, what about you? Yeah, so I played uh, a boost this week. Midfield dynamos. Um, it, it done all right. Um, my transfer was a disaster, though. I brought in Dan James for row. Um, yeah, that didn't go great, especially on midfield dynamos. What's that, uh, an 18-point swing? Yeah, I don't, I don't want to talk about it, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> um, so my midfielders were Jack Clark, Jewsby Hall, Sarah, Somerville, and Dan James. Um Clark got 28, Dewsbury all 22, Sarah 20, Somerville 4, and James 6. Uh, my other players was Kladke for 5, Davis for 5, Stacey for 9. Um, third week in a row, I've had a player with minus points. That goes for Potts, uh, minus 1. And I had Piero, and I did have... Broadhead, but he, he no-showed, so I got Godden off the bench, Both and they were both for two. So I sort of cut my rank in half. I'm up to 79, um, which I'm pretty happy with, and I've still got one more boost to go. And how many points did you score? 102. 102. Um, you beat me by two points this week, and that was literally um, Somerville over McAteer. Because I laughed at you, but I did exactly the same move. I took out Rowe yeah. for James, um, which was annoying, and then took out Swift for McAteer. Um, it was basically it was a budget one that I wanted to do as well, um, and I did say last well, it wasn't last week; it was just the other day that we recorded. But it was kind of a fun move to make, and yeah, it wasn't quite fun when he come on. He was benched to McAteer come on, and then he looks like he's pulled his hamstring, so. Unfortunately, looks like he's going to be out for a long time. So, yeah, I was 104, uh, minus 4. Um, basically, that was my midfield down. was Clark, 28. Dewsbury, 22. Sarah, 20. James, 6. McAteer, 2. Um, 
Ogbo and Hardy up front for a combined points of three because Broadhead didn't play. Um, Aileen, I had him as well. So I had Manning come in for him four and Hardy came in for Broadhead. I had Kyle Walker-Peters though for nine and then Davison and Hodaki, um, five points each. So yeah, um, my rank though, I'm now at 69th and I think there's about three points that separate. Don't laugh at the back there. It'll never not be funny, will it? No. Great to be challenged. <laughs> the number 69 and 14 will be the funniest things ever to me <laughs> until I die. Uh, but yeah, obviously happy to be into the top 100 now. I've got one more boost left. Um, see how long the good luck can last. Um, pod team, Angus, Thursday Night Wars. How have we got on this week? Um, so we had a pretty good week. Um, we scored 86 points. Uh, which, when you factor in that one of the players we had was Brad Potts with minus one, uh, feels even better. <laughs> um, we had Rushworth with six, Hume with six, Davis five, Mumba two, Somerville two, Sarah ten, Dewsbury Hall eleven. We captained Clark twenty-eight, Vice Captain Piero three, and Adam Armstrong for fourteen. Uh, we came third, but that's because uh, Manon and Guys on Gaffer both played boosts. Oh. And, we, and we nearly beat guys on gaffer they they scored 89 on midfield dynamos so we nearly beat them in spite of that oh i'd have loved that if we beat them without a boost that would have been lovely and man on smashed that smashed it on triple triple despite their triple triple not actually going that well um but they did have jack clark on it ah okay right right then so where are we do you know where we're ranked now uh, no, yeah, okay. because we're, we're third on the league, but obviously because it's week-by-week week sort of score, I have no idea what the standings are now. Okay, right. Um, Dan, notable line-up information then from this weekend? Yeah, so like last week, um, well, midweek pod, just the key fantasy-relevant news. Uh, so we'll start off with Sunderland. Roberts were back in the start in eleven. Uh, Southampton, Manning and Alcaraz started. Uh, che Adams was on the bench. Leeds, Aileen was still on the bench, which surprised, well, it surprised me. I don't know if it surprised you guys. It's not, you know that. Um, for Stoke, they were at four at the back with Hoover right back. Uh, Cardiff, Ugbo was on the bench. Ramsey not in the squad. Uh, Ipswich, no broadhead. Um, he wasn't even in the squad, so I think that's an injury in it, Angus. Yeah, uh, they're assessing him on Monday, I think. Um, Ipswich was still free at the back, so Mumba's playing left wing back rather than left wing at the minute. Um, for Millwall, Bradshaw's injured. Uh, Swansea, Yates was up front, and Jamal Lowe was left wing. Uh, Norwich, Plaquetta played left wing. Uh, Birmingham, Buchanan was injured, so he didn't play. Dembele was still on the bench. Uh, for Preston, Miller was in for Brady at left wing back. Uh, Keane and Frocky Jensen were on the bench. Uh, for West Brom, their front three was Dean Garner, Wallace and Swift. Thomas Sassane was on the bench and Furlong was back in at right back. Uh, 
Um, Jamie Allen started for Coventry. Uh, Ayari was benched. For Watford, for some reason, they dropped Martins and Inch to the bench. Um, Borough, Coburn was played as striker again, so highly rated youngster, getting good minutes at striker. Uh, Blackburn, uh, ranking Costello, um, wasn't in the starting lineup again. Smodix played the false nine. And for Leicester, Justin came in at sort of the Doyle role as we expected. Um, McAteer was benched and Vardy started. That's your key roundup news for this week. Perfect. Thank you very much, Dan. Um, and I'm not going to go to Angus now because <laughs> one of the first topics that we've got is one of yours, Dan. Um, so those on YouTube who are watching, the graphics are back on the screen now to so just give you a bit of an indication of what we're talking about. Um, Dan, you want to talk about Plymouth home versus away form? Yes, yeah, so... Um, we've mentioned it a few times, um, Plymouth's home form, and I just wanted to have a, a bit more of an in-depth look um, about it. I think a few of us probably are planning to play a boost soon, and Plymouth are quite a good side to enable us to do to do things across our team. Um, so they play Millwall in game week 10 and Swansea in game week 11. They're both at home. Well, they've got three of the next four at home. Um, they then in game week 12 are away to West Brom and 13 home to Wednesday. So it's quite a nice little run with three of the four at home. Um, so far this season, they've played four games at home. Uh, they've won three, lost one which, if you all remember, was the Southampton game where they lost basically oh, yeah. the last kick of the game to Che Adams. They've scored 13 and let in five. Uh, obviously, they've got nine points. And I was looking into their X, XG, and um, in all of their games, they've, they've had a higher XG than one. Uh, some of them, two of them have gone... Well, one of them has gone over two and... Another one went over 3xG. But what was interesting is when they're also conceding pretty much the same amount in all these games. So maybe they've been a bit fortunate um, with their finishing. They probably should be closer to eight or nine goals where they've scored 13. And it's pretty, they've conceded five and they should have probably conceded eight or nine as well. But what we do know is their games have been pretty end-to-end. -end, so I can't see it changing now. And um, we've mentioned a few times, especially um, Hardy and Whitaker. they're at really nice prices where um, they're definitely worth an option if maybe you're playing a, a boost coming up like Goldfest or Home Advantage. They could be decent options. Um, how do you feel about those two at the minute, you guys. Angus, do you want to go first? I mean, obviously, they're, they're both good options at the moment. Um, I think I said it on the last pod, I still prefer Whitaker um, narrowly. 
Um, even though Hardy's obviously got more goals, but I do think um, I still lean towards Whitaker. Um, and, you know, particularly for those that are looking at, well, boosts coming up, but also just more generally, um, it, they are two of the better ones. And it, it's just a case of what it enables you. I think it also helps with them compared to some of these other forwards that some of these other high, slightly higher priced mids are coming onto the table for people where they're now going to have to like, you know, make savings somewhere. So I think those two are, are both decent options now. And I think what's good about them, obviously the price of being so budget is I, I got Hardy when I sold Armstrong and I chose Hardy over Godden because I was thinking, not necessarily go back to Armstrong at the time when I made the move, but, you know, if Nacho comes on and starts going away, Che Adams, even Jamie Vardy, I need to be able to get back, so I went really cheap to allow me, if I did want to, to get back there. Um, but also, with Hardy, I benched him this week. I ended up getting his points because uh, Broadhead not playing, but when they're playing away, because like you see on the screen there, their waveform is 21st, so... It's, really not good at all but they're cheap enough to be able to bench when they're away and then you know if they have got a good fixture at home you can easily play them as your first striker can't you yeah i think so well, what's your view with um mumbo because obviously we've probably had about six games where he was playing left wing and although he was 5.5 He's classified as a defender in the game, so you're getting the out of position, and he's done okay with that. But if they continue with him playing at wing back, does he still appeal to you? Because defensively, that then they're not doing as they're probably being a bit fortunate to not concede as many as they have. Angus, yeah, I think part of it for me is I looked into it a little bit. Um, when he was playing on the wing. And it's easy to see, oh, yeah, playing on the wing, and particularly, I think, the first game or the second game he returned, and it was like, oh, this is going to be amazing. But if you looked at things like his average position, it wasn't really the average position of a winger, even when he was playing on the wing. It was, like, just inside the opposition half, which is not terrible, but it's not sort of like, oh, yeah, we've got this great sort of attacking option. So I think that... That sort of put me off slightly, and then as he's moved backwards, it's like, yeah, you're still good. You've still got someone who's capable when they get forward, but are they really getting forward, you know, in that way? Um, and I think that's that's that would still be the one, the one concern, I guess, for me is the the theory versus the reality. Yeah, I agree with you, Angus, and like similar with the strikers, you know, you could bench him for the away games, but the home games, with them being classified as defender, with them being, I know they're scoring goals, but they're also conceding goals as well, so there's not going to be many clean sheet points there, and I'd have said yes, I am still interested in him, and I've said that for weeks, but I've never come close to buying him, so am I actually interested in him? Um, because, you know, I'm not a stats person, but the small um, set of stats I have looked at, he doesn't really pop up that much. Um and I don't really look into that too much because I don't really know what I'm looking at um, to understand it properly. But no, I don't think I've gone there. Um, it's just Whitaker or Hardy for me. Um, and Hazard, if you wanted a goalie, um, if you've gone there, but I wouldn't be making a keeper's change myself. 
What about um, Finesse's midfielder? He's cheap. I know we're, we're trying to get really expensive um, midfielders at the minute, but does he appeal to either you guys? Um, I, I think he's interesting, um, but it's uh, and, and I, I know I was talking to Luke uh, Irons at one point who said he his, his numbers, like his stats are amazing or whatever. But um, I, I haven't really necessarily like sort of needed to go down to that and everything. Yeah. So it's just sort of like, do I do I really need him? Um, but I think if people are looking to sort of go down to that sort of range is probably an option. You'd have to put in some a lot more impressive numbers in terms of returns for me to even look at that at that price really. Yeah. Um not quite doing enough. But yeah. Um anything else on Plymouth? Yeah, we might as well go through maybe a couple of the away as we got it on the yeah, spreadsheet. Well, so they played five away, no wins, two draws, three losses only scored four, conceded nine, uh, two points. Um, what is interesting is the XG pretty much balance is in line with what it should be. So there's no like massive overachievement or like getting unlucky. They probably should have about two or three points. So yeah, there's definitely a massive swing between home and away so like we mentioned with them having three home games next uh, I don't think it's a terrible idea to bring in a, a striker especially if like Broadhead's out for a while could be a decent place to go Does um, when, you do, when you're looking at the extra and stuff you understand this a lot better than I do um, does the Norwich and the Bristol City games um, affect that drastically because obviously scoring six and then conceding four at Bristol City yeah, so the the Norwich game, for example, uh, Plymouth scored over three in that game. They also conceded two. Um, so obviously they did massively overachieve. But they, normally, whenever you get like a, a you know like five or six goals, there's always going to be a an outperformance of xG normally. Anyway, um, the Bristol City one wasn't quite as bad but it, they were like uh, conceded like two or something like that so it's there is it you can see the anomalies but especially away from home it's not crazy they they have had a few games where they've conceded to xg right, okay i think something as well to keep an eye on i wouldn't say worry about it um but it's midweek fixtures this week, so the last mi set of midweek games, yeah. that's when they went to Bristol City, and they rotated heavily, didn't they? So it's worth just keeping an eye on, just see if that is going to be a common theme. Um, yeah. I'm not going to worry about it now, um, but I might, I might start worrying about it next game week, if that is the case. Uh, but yeah, anything else on Plymouth? No, I just thought we'd... That's basically it, we'll go in on a bit of Plymouth this week. Brilliant. Right, next one then. West Bromwich, Albion, Angus, take us away. Yeah, I just thought they're, they're in the midst of a, a decent run of fixtures, but I don't think we... It feels like we haven't really talked about them much um, this season. But, I mean, you look at the run coming up, their next four games, Sheffield Wednesday home, 
Birmingham away, Plymouth home, QPR home. So, and they've, they've had a couple of theoretically good games, but they're the sort of team that people will be looking at now. So I, I just thought I would do a bit of a, a deeper dive into them. Uh, so the first question, I'm going to ask you guys. Um, okay. there, will be a, there will be a few questions I throw to you. Don't worry, they're, they're not complex questions. Two players have started every game this season for West Brom. One is Palmer in goal. Who's the other one? Um, it's not Swift. It's not Wallace. I know that. It's not Asante. I think I know. It's not Fiona. Kipre. Nope. Oh. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm panicking. I try not to be silent for the audio <laughs> listeners. Um, no, I don't know. Matt Phillips. Oh, no, I once got her. I don't need a Matt Phillips yeah. is the only outfield player that started every game for West Brom this season. Uh, <laughs> so we're already off to a great start in terms of you know convincing people on West Brom assets. <laughs> um, in terms of starting eight out of nine, you've got Darnell Furlong, Cedric Kipre, uh, Jason Malumbi, Jed Wallace and Oka Yukushlu. It's worth saying, um, even though Matt Phillips has started every game, Kipre was unavailable for one game. But even though Matt Phillips has started every every game, Furlong, Kipre, and Malumbi have all played more minutes than him. So he's getting off the early then. Yeah, um, Furlong has played the most minutes um, of of any uh, outfield player, um, followed by Kipre, which particularly given that he missed one of the games suggests he's sort of you know pretty reliable in that regard um wallace has started eight out of nine but is his num his minutes aren't great and i'd just like to note that jed wallace doesn't have a single bonus point this season yeah i, I noticed wow. that as well he just doesn't <laughs> it's not the same jed wallace the gaffer monster no um so and then in terms of seven out of nine got um Ajayi, Peters, Swift, and Thomas Asante. Um, but aside from Ajayi, who's playing 90 minutes every game, you're getting a lot of players with sort of reduced minutes compared to the games they're playing. Um, and then after that, the, the next player to in terms of starts is Connor Townsend on four. So it's just there's a, there's a core of sort of players that are starting games. And then like there's there's a few players mixed in. Um and then you've got like Kyle Bartley on three, Mauert and Diangana have started two, Sarmiento and Chalabar have started one. Um Madger's got some minutes despite not starting any. Um but you know, you get into it and it's sort of like particularly when people are looking or might be looking for options beyond John Swift, because I think Swift is an obvious one it becomes a bit sort of like, okay, where do we go? Like, um, Swift, even on goal, Swift has four. You've then got Thomas Asante and Phillips on two. And then just a whole cluster of players. There's seven players who have one goal. Um, you know, including sort of Mowat, Kipre, um, Furlong, 
Wallace, Sarmiento, Bartley, Ajay. Wallace apparently has two assists, um, according to uh, Fotmob. Uh, no one, no one else has more than one. Um, in terms of the XG, they only have two players who have more than one XG this season, and those are John Swift and Brandon Thomas Asante. They have two players with more than one XA this season, which is John Swift and Connor Townsend. Big chances created. You only have two players with more than one in Thomas Asante and Dean Garner. In terms of gaffer points, you've obviously got Swift on 55, Palmer on 44, Phillips on 40, Furlong on 39, Thomas Santi on 36, and then Townsend on 35, Ajay and Kipre on 33. Bonus, John Swift has got 16, Townsend and Thomas Santi have got 9, Phillips has got 7, and Furlong and Mowat have got 5. Uh, in terms of starting the last three games, you're getting pretty reliable um, in terms of well, Palmer will start. Um, Townsend only has one start. Uh, Peters ha Eric Peters actually has three. And then Ajayi, Kipre, Furlong, Furlong and Barthi all have two. Uh, in the midfield, the only one to start all three is Matt Phillips. And then you've got Dean Garner, Mawat, Swift, Wallace, Yakushlu and Malumbi with two. Uh, Sarmiento with one. And then Thomas Asante with two. So I think it just goes to show you go down all of this and you can look for sort of potentially reliable minutes in the defence, particularly with someone like Darnell Furlong, I think would still be the the one for me. Um, he obviously scored, um, was it this weekend? I've already forgotten. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and is clearly going to be sort of one of the more reliable ones for minutes. Um, aside from that, you're probably looking at someone like Cedric Kipre or Eric Peters, which... If you're really looking at someone like Cedric Kipre or Eric Peters, maybe you should be looking somewhere else. Um, but I know, I know you were worried, Dan, and uh, uh, a couple of others were worried about um, the fact that I was I might end up convincing someone, anyone to uh, to buy West Brom players. Um, aside, and all I can say from everything I've dived into is, aside from sort of you know defensive sort of clean sheet points and John Swift, there's nothing really there for, from West Brom point of view. Um, by the way, your camera's gone off, do you know? Yes. Am I back? Yes, you were back now, yeah. I didn't want to interrupt you while you were getting... Yeah, I, di I, didn't, I didn't want to do anything mid-flow in case it messed with it. And I'd like um, Dan, what's your reaction to that? Some interesting stuff there. To be honest, I've not looked. I know they've not been doing great attacking wise. They're near the bottom from that, so I'm I'm not overly surprised that the only person is Swift. I, I probably didn't realise Wallace was doing quite as bad from a underlying data point of view than he is. But Swift's what ten million, ten one. Yeah. It's it's too much money. When you when you've got consistent performers like, well, Sarah, Jewsby Hall, and well, Clark's probably the best player in the league, and then you've then got the Leeds boys who can haul, they can win games free, they can score three four goals. Leeds can, and then yeah, there's just no room for Swift. 
like if you want to punt it i don't hate it I, you've had him jamie like did he do well for you when you had him yeah i think i well, he did okay he wasn't explosive um, yeah he, he did okay i think i only when he, he got most of his bonus points um the odds return but you know i was paying well 10 million i paid for him um and when you've got over high and um budget players it's like really hard so i had to come off to free money and I think, you know, I will be honest, I didn't even look at the fixtures when I sold him. That Sheffield Wednesday at home was coming up next. Um, and then Plymouth at home as well, amongst Birmingham away and QPR. But he's not worth 10 million for me. He's a good asset. He's, he's good. He will get points. Did he get a return this weekend? Did they end up giving him the assists? Um, I don't think so. I forgot to look at him. Because I was flicking over on the, when the goals were going in, so I saw them. One of them, he made the pass, and the defender intercepted it. I can't remember who. He then bounced off Mowat, and then Mowat got in and shot. He, he got an assist. So I'm guessing it's the one that wasn't given his own goal. Um, bear with me just one moment. I'm going to double-check where he got an assist. There was one where I thought... He, he assisted was... Matt Phillips. Yeah, that could potentially have been the third goal. goal. Really. Um, I thought it might as well. I was hoping it would have because I know John Jacobson's got swift, <laughs> so I'd love to have got no points. Um, but no, um, after, especially after listening to you there, Angus, I hadn't even looked at West Brom at all to even know anything um, about their assets so far this season. So, yeah, I won't be going there. But we laugh about um, getting points from Peters or something like that. Get, probably getting more points than the defenders I've got in my team at the moment. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. We know, particularly with the Corboran team, you're going to do sort of well from the defenders generally, particularly for clean sheets. Um, and it is worth sort of thinking with, particularly with someone like Kipre, yes, he's not really doing anything aside from the um, clean sheets, but he's playing basically every game and he's 5.5. Like, if, if you're looking into sort of a defence that that's, that's that good, that's that's somewhere where potentially, you know, okay, you're not necessarily getting any upside from it, but if you're more likely to get a clean sheet than most teams, is it worth just sort of chucking someone like that in? Yeah, well, we joke, but ranking Costello is definitely an issue now, isn't he? You know, yeah. along with, what, two minutes to go today? Britain, see, Britain and Pickering seem to be, well, I wouldn't say nailed, but um, first choice at the moment. Um, so going to someone who's capable of clean sheets, it isn't really to be laughed at. And there are, there'll be players out there who are listening or watching this who prioritise fixtures over anything. Yeah. And when you look at them fixtures, it doesn't get much better, does it really? No. So in that, like, particularly for those people in terms of just summarising like, you know, what I actually think in terms of the assets, I think Swift is still viable. You look at it, he's got five attacking returns. Um, he's, got, he's averaging just under two bonus per game. Um, you know, that's... Certainly, particularly if you're making a fixtures play, um, you, you know, that's the sort of thing that you're, you're looking at. Um, and then I, I would probably go furlong from the defence. Um, but I do think that, you know, maybe if people are really looking to save, then someone like Kipre, but I would go furlong personally. No, I, I agree with you. I do agree. I just can't go there myself. Um, but I say I can't go there. It's not... I'm sitting here like I haven't got Alien and Ranking Castello. Yeah, I was going to say, so, you, you could. Know, I, I, I could go there. 
and you do make a strong case and then fixtures you know do i start do i want to start banking some clean sheet points rather than i'm just constantly looking for attacking returns from my defenders i'm always looking at stuff that potentially can get me attacking returns rather than who can get me the safe base clean sheet points and then give them there because nobody's standing out from an attacking point of view at the moment are they no, I think that's the thing. You look at you look at Swift, and then you try and find anything after Swift, and it's it's not really there. So um, that was part of the reason I wanted to do this, just to sort of paint that picture almost. Yeah. Right. Anything else on West Brom before we move on to the next? No, I don't think so. For me. No. Right. Okay. Um, next one then. Budget forwards. Uh, this one's you, isn't it, Dan? Yes. Um... It's it's not the the so called obvious names. I thought I'd look a bit bit wider. Um, we're all looking for the next differential, and although I think maybe the Plymouth strikers are, there's also uh, Chaplin, Broadhead, um, Aaron Connolly. I've, I've gone for a bit more than even those. I've gone so I've picked four strikers who. They're either just got into the side, or I think they will play a big part over it with the upcoming weeks to come. So, Adam, the first one's Adam Eder. Um, obviously, no Bra no Barnes or Sergeant. Um, so you'd expect Eder to get more minutes. Um, he's already got four goals and an assist, and we've seen at times Norwich have been quite attacking. I know. I looked into them more uh, last week and they were obviously their performances had dropped since uh, Barnes and um, Sargent got injured, but they did win 2 0 the other day against Birmingham. Uh, either did start a uh, 6.5, and it's not a terrible move if maybe you want to go well. I'm not sure you'll move away from Sarah and Rowe, but it's just an, uh, if you want to maybe go for a different option in midfield. Um, the second one is Jamal Lowe from Swansea, 7 million. Uh, he's recently got two goals and one assist. They've uh, won the last couple of games. Um, they've scored three goals in each, and he's been involved in that, whether it's been up front as a nine or on the left wing. Um, the next one is Josh Coburn from Middlesbrough. They've been struggling, um, well, pretty much all season with taking their chances. And um, he's come in the last few games. Um, and he, well, he played against Watford and he started against Southampton. And uh, he's done quite well. He, he scored against Watford. Um, on Saturday, and we saw a couple of seasons go where he had a, a bit of of a run, where he he looks like a really good finisher. And I know we did mention him a couple of years ago as if he got that number nine shot, he could be a good option. Well, they've tried a few of their strikers, and they've not really been taking the chances. So it looks like Josh Coburn has has been given the sh the chance. Obviously, it's 
he's only just come in so maybe it would be a massive risk to go there but if Middlesbrough start scoring or matching the performances that their data um, says that how well they're doing going forward then it could be a, a massive chance to get ahead of the curve and the last one is uh, Mason Burstow for Sunderland um, I was really impressed with him I, I haven't seen him play that much he's on loan from Chelsea and he was sort of playing as a 10 or or up front but was switching with uh, Joe Bellingham in that Sunderland so we know how, now how fluid that front four or five can be for them and uh, he done a great assist well it was a great pass obviously I think it was the the assist for where Clark ran half the length of the pitch and then put it in bottom corner but um yeah I just we know this Sunderland side will score goals and if he's going to be number nine or the number 10 in this in this side for six million could be a good option so yeah i thought just a few under the radar ones apart from the normal um cheap strikers do any of those interest you i know you love a punt jamie and we'll get to angus first and i'll let you know about my thoughts um, there's, prob there's probably a couple of those I'm interested in burst though because I do think you watch Sunderland's yeah. attack and um, there's goals there so if he's going to be playing regularly it, it was the theory behind Semedo at the start of the season yeah. <laughs> um, Coburn is an interesting one for me because you know I've sort of been saying um, I gave up after a while but I've sort of been saying Borough's underlying numbers and even just their basic numbers you don't even have to look at the underlying numbers they were you know, they were having double-digit shots every game and whatever, but their underlying numbers were really good. And so if they start converting that, that data into goals, um, which it looks like they're starting to do, then that's obviously promising. And so I think having an, an opportunity at whoever is starting up front for them, if, they, if those goals do start flowing, is obviously potentially a really nice opportunity. So I think if, if Coburn's going to get a run, um, he, he would obviously appeal... Uh, the downside for me is like you know they've got Latelas there, they've got Fours there, they've got so they've got those options there where, you know, it's sort of like it could change almost at any moment. I think um, my thoughts on it with um, Ida. Firstly, you mentioned the problem um, Rowan Sari um, because yeah. they're having double Norwich uh, midfielders, and then potentially they could even be on triple if they've got Stacey. Um, I've now not got Row. But I'd be lying if I said that he probably wouldn't come back in my team soon because he's just great value and I only sold him for the midfield dynamo, stupidly. Um, but, you know, if you did want to punt a cheap way into that Norwich attack, I don't think it's like a really bad idea. Um, the others, I, I'll be honest, I haven't really looked at. Um, other than your obvious Ipswich and Plymouth boys, um, I think you've got mentioned Connolly. Um, I know I ranted about him last week, but he did hurt my feelings. He did celebrate in front of us when he scored. So yeah, that was fresh. Um, but yeah, he, you know, I don't race him, but he's, he is scoring goals. He's on 48 points now. Um, I've got Ugbo, actually, who's getting sold this week. I've had him for so long because I think it was Target QPR and Sheffield Wednesday at the beginning of the season. Just haven't been able to sell him. Um, he's interesting, but I think he's a rotation risk worth my take. Um, yeah. That's what I found owning him. Um, 
So I wonder there, Delap, and I like Stansfield, but um, it's, he's not really getting as many points as the others. So I wonder there, but he's playing on the wing, Stansfield. Yeah, but I don't think that's necessarily always a bad thing though, because then that could contribute for his bonus. Can't it? Like he beat, he likes to beat a player, he likes the shots. Um, but yeah, no, I agree, and I think it's good to look at somebody else rather than looking always at Hardy, Whisker, Broadhead, and Chaplin because. You're not really going to make many gains from them, are you? But if you're looking for that second budget striker, then I think the four that you mentioned could definitely be potential assets. Um, any more budget forwards before we go on to the last topic? No, I think we covered it. I think so. Right, Angus, budget midfielders. Yeah, so just thought this this pocket, particularly um, as as people are sort of moving forwards. Whether uh, I know there were questions about fitting in, particularly the likes of Piero and Armstrong. Um, so you're potentially going to be looking in this sort of area of midfielders, which is midfielders priced between five point five and seven. And you know, particularly recently, it feels like there's quite a few that are performing in that area as well. So it just felt worth sort of, you know, highlighting this sort of price range that you can sort of dip into. Um, so obviously the two pictured are Sam Bell, who's on 51 points, and Riley McGree, who's only on 35 points, but um, 28 of those have come in the last three weeks or last three games. Yes, any, yeah, any excuse, but, you know, it just, you know, we were talking earlier in the season about how he wasn't really playing, and I think... You know, he's coming to the team and he you know that that sort of 28 over three games there's only so much i know he scored twice this weekend but there, there's at least one other game in the last three where he returned as well so he's clearly sort of doing quite well um obviously at the uh at the at the top of this list and he's not on the slide because originally jamie was going to be doing that bit on him is sammy smoddix yes um who obviously has 52 points. It's worth saying he only has one more point than Sam Bell. Um, but he has 52 points. I have uh, called Sam Bell um, on the last pod. Yeah. I'm not going to claim because I didn't quite fully push him, but I did say, you know, they're playing Stoke next and M over Sykes, he's more consistent. Yeah. Um, it's interesting, actually, though, when you start reading down the highest point scorers, even in this little sort of. Uh, set of players because you've got Dan Neal um, I think we've mentioned Dan Neal before but you know who's sort of chipped in here and there for Sunderland um, Mateus Martins uh, we've mentioned quite a bit you know the, the man who who really loves a shot um, although the man who lo- loves a shot almost as much as him as I was finding out looking into it is Andre Vidigal at Stoke yes um, along with Ryan Wintle, who I think that's is isn't he the penalty taker for them? I'm not sure. Um, Ramsey is not he? But when Ramsey wasn't on, I can't remember because I think he took one. But either way, he's on yeah, 42 he as well, and it marks Sykes's. So you were saying about Sykes, 51 points for Bell and 42 points for Sykes. They're clearly ticking along quite nicely. Those yeah. two. Um, and then you get into the likes of Philip, Matt Phillips, Keshi Anderson, who's injured. Uh, Josh Eccles was an interesting one to pop up. Uh, Josh Caroma, who we've talked set about. Pieces. Yeah. Eccles is on set pieces, I think, some of them. Uh, Josh Caroma, who we mentioned before, and uh, Jean-Michel Serry actually has 38 points. So, um, 
you know, the same number of points as Finn Azaz. We mentioned Finn Azaz before. Um, I know Jamie was big on Seri last week. Um, he is actually getting points as well. Um, so, I mean, I could read further down, but it's just reading out points total as the people can read for themselves. Um, but there's, there's, there's guys putting up numbers in this group. I mean, Smodix has six goals, but Vidigal, McAteer, Bell and Tufan, who fall in this, all have four. And then Martins, McGree and Aaron Ramsey, who in this also all have three. Um, and then there's a number of players on two. Um, Patino has three assists. And then quite a few players have two. Um, in terms of the, the XG, it's Smodix by a mile. And then it's Vidigal, McAteer and McGree. Um, XA, it's actually Sorba Thomas. And then Wes Burns. And then mm. Alex Pritchard. Uh, big chance is created. Alex Pritchard is in there again, as is Sorba Thomas. Pritchard. Yeah. And Thomas. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. Will Smallbone is all like these are four big chances created. Will Smallbone is in there. Uh, yeah. Lewis Travis is also in there. And, uh, and Morgan Rogers, which we were talking about the amount of chances Borough have had. You know, that anyone who's played for them does decently in these attacking stats is something uh, you'll see if people look into it. But shots per 90, you've got Mateus Martins is taking 3.9 shots per 90. Uh, Vidigal and Karoma are taking 3.8 and Smodix is taking 3.6. As an example of this, I think Smodix had seven shots in the game today against Leicester. Um the, the, and so it's just sort of like that. I was then looking at the points in the last three in terms of who's sort of scoring at the moment. Uh, Riley McGree is top, and he's, it's not the reason I did this segment, honest. Also, <laughs> four to be free. Uh, he has 28 points in the last three games. Next is Ryan Wintle with 23 points in the last three. Then uh, Jamie's new favourite player that you can't pronounce, Haksabanovic. I've been practicing that actually. <laughs> uh, he has 22 in the last three and then Jaden Philogene and Sam Bell on 20 um, interest, a couple of interesting ones as well, you have Wilfred and Diddy on 19 points in the last three and uh, Alex Pritchard on 18 points in the last three, I know he's sort of played um, got in the team for, for Sunderland in at least a couple and uh, you know we know with him, particularly with bonus, he is one that will sort of tick over when he gets in the team. Um, so I just thought it was, you know, people are looking in this sort of area or going to be. And so I think there's there's obviously some standouts there like Smodix. Um, Bell, I think, is obviously a good pick. But I think it's just showing that there are quite a few sort of establishing themselves in this sort of bracket, which might be useful to people going forward. You know, that sort of space between your likes of Rowe and, your, you know, the Leeds and Leicester mids um, that, that you can find some players in. Brilliant stuff. Dan, your reaction to that? I've mentioned Sammy Smoddy's all year, so I just thought I should probably get him in at some point, but... <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. The thing came with Smodix, uh, because like Angus said, I was going to do um, a slide on him, but then I did think, when I was looking through his numbers, 
and then I knew Angus was doing the budget midfielders, it seemed kind of pointless. Because what I've noticed in terms of like goals, he's third, ranked third, XG's ranked second, total shots per game, he's ranked eighth and seventh out of the whole midfielders. Um, but then when I was looking at like XA, key passes, big chances to create, he's nowhere to be seen. Do you think that's a positional thing, just playing as a false nine? He's not played false nine all all season though, had they? He, he sort of played a ten. I just just think he's greedy. I think he's just greedy. Yeah. Not he's not passing. Yeah, I I I liked him last year, but he was a bit more of a rotation risk. He seems pretty pretty much first choice now. I'll say that, and people will bring him in, and then he'll get benched midweek, but. Um, yeah, he's definitely one up there, but I know what's going to happen. He, he's going to get a double and everyone's going to get him and it's going to be pointless because you, you, these sort of players, you sort of want to get in and get out for their points if you can time it right. You you can score quite well with them, but they're this reason, they, this price for a reason. Um, they're not normally consistent, but Smodix has been. Do you like any others? I think if you can nail it at the right time, perfect. And I think at some point during this season, I can see us having, you know, three of them because there'll be a boost that comes into play where we want the strikers or something like that. Or, you know, you want triple premium up front because they're banging them in left, right, and centre. So we're going to have to drop the money in midfield and come down to these kind of players. Um, obviously, Rowe's been brilliant. Smarty's good. Bow, yeah, well, I can Bristol City score goals as well. Uh, I know they can see yeah. that as well, but they score goals. Martin's really good for bonus. Um, Vidigal, even at Stoke, Stoke are terrible, but you know, you're not shocked when you see him on the score sheet at the moment. There's a lot of midfielders in there, and I think it's having the balls to do it because I think. There was a discussion, I think it might have been in the Planet FPL Slack, um, Gaffer Slack, where somebody mentioned that the game seems very template, which I don't think it is, but the, I think the midfield's very template because, you know, Dewsbury Hall's that good. Um, everybody's got um, Jack Clark now. You know, we'll yeah. look at the captaincy numbers from the weekend. Sorry. Um, probably not as much as them two, but still is. Rowe as you're cheap and able, then you've probably got that one differential, potentially, you know. Well, a lot of people have a Leeds mid. Yeah, I was about to say, it's, it's a lot of Leeds mids now, isn't it? Yeah, so I think the midfields are very similar in the game, but I think it just needs a couple of these players to carry on and then, you know, have you got the balls to take a punt on it and, and come off? But it's just it's so hard to do. Like, it's easier to say to do that. But, like... Look at Leeds this week. I know, I know they're playing Southampton in hindsight. You know they've lost to a good side. We know they're a good side, but they haven't been playing like that. And I thought Leeds would have scored a couple. So yeah, yeah. That, that's my thoughts. Anything else on budget midfielders? Um, yeah, I think it's just sort of like you know, like you said, it's picking your moments, and it's sort of that's where the fixtures can play into it as well. If you've sort of got this sort of, these sort of guys identified and it's like, I need a cheap, you know, Middlesbrough midfielder, you've got your answer there. I need a cheap Blackburn midfielder, you've got your answer there. 
I need a cheap, you know, Sunderland midfield or whatever it is. That it seems like there are guys sort of establishing themselves as the option for that. So it plays in as well for people who want to play the fixtures that you've then got that almost shortcut to it. In the second set, when FA Cup round four comes around, you know, half the championship teams have been eliminated. So only half the teams play on that weekend. That'll be a good week to get some of them in, I think. No, but I, I do think they'll come around. Um, I'm quite interested as well when that actually does happen. Um, right, now, uh, normally now we'll get into the Twitter questions. I'm going to introduce a new segment that you don't even know about and I've only just made up uh, about five minutes ago. Um, <laughs> just literally this one is a five-minute maximum segment of just anything from the weekend, anything. And I'm going to kick us off. Adam Armstrong. I know there'll be questions, but I want, I want to talk about this anyway. We sold him. Well, a lot of people sold him. He was playing in midfield, so it was justified. He's now not. And he scored in both games. So, um, your thoughts on Adam Armstrong? Because I know, is it Rotherham in 11 next weekend? After the midweek, Rotherham at yeah. What do you do? Are you, are you going to get him back? Are you just going to leave it? What are your thoughts? My current plan is to buy him back. Yes, uh, fine. this week. Yeah, so my plan originally, obviously I overhauled, but I did have sort of a plan ahead, was to actually buy a Plymouth forward. I think I will now be buying Adam Armstrong. Bit of a difference, uh, uh, probably about five five to six millions worth of difference. Uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I, I punted on Zian Fleming and I can't be dealing with that anymore, so... Uh, there's the sort of the, the make weight there. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think it looks completely different. I don't want to make, I don't, I don't want this to come across as negative about chair Adams it's going to be, but it did look like it clicked into gear much better, taking him out of the team and putting Armstrong up top. Um, so you, you'd think that they would stick with that. Done. Was he... Was he up front? I didn't properly watch the game, but some of the I looked at the formation and they had like Alcaraz through the middle. Was was that a thing or? I think Armstrong. I think Alcaraz was just getting forward a lot. I might have that wrong, but I think I, I think Alcaraz I looked at the line forward a lot. And it had Armstrong on the right with Alcaraz in the middle. I wasn't able to watch it properly until the second half. Um... So, from what I saw, but obviously it was the bit that I saw where he trapped back and got the yellow card. Um, that was kind of on the right-hand side. Um, it might have been, yeah. it, it, but he was getting central a lot, so maybe that's where I sort of lost track of it a bit. Yeah. Maybe like as an inside forward as a, instead of an actual right yeah. wing, yeah, more of a right inside forward. Um, well, it's better than playing centre mid. Anyway. No, exactly, and he's getting points again. We know, we know Adam Armstrong playing up top was going to get points isn't he um, are you bringing him back Dan or not decided it's all I am planning on playing home advantage in 11 so I might have to have him against Rotherham uh, but I've got to get find a way of getting him back next one um, just very quickly on this one Southampton um, they looked a lot better didn't they I'm not saying they're back but um, bit more positive from them once it were you impressed yeah uh, I like I think it, it was a bit better I think you know some of 
some of it you know there's there's obviously little bits and pieces that they need to work on and everything but um it's amazing what mason holgate not being on the pitch will do for you yeah that is right um another one i thought was interesting sims um you know game returns good for him possibly good for coventry not good for god and owners though yeah, sadly, no, yeah. Leanne was very annoyed because she and she was she knew she was getting in for Broadhead. Sorry, it was last week when she had him on triple triple. Um, but yeah, interesting for Coventry, isn't it? Yeah, and by by all accounts, he was like excellent, just all around as well. Yeah, and anything else that you took away from the weekend's games you'd like to just bring up before we go on the questions? I'm just going to take one more opportunity to bring up Middlesbrough. Um, just as a general thing, I know we've mentioned it, but you know, we had I had sort of you know tried to say and then given up saying and back saying that the results were going to come for them based on their performances and how they were actually playing and how the numbers looked and everything. So don't be it's almost don't be surprised if if this is the start of something for them. No, completely agree. Dan, you got any last ones you took away? Um. Probably Sunderland. I know they're playing Sheffield Wednesday, but just how emphatic it was. They they basically re- re- relaxed in the um, second half, could make changes. So, um, yeah, Jack Clark. Yeah, we had this discussion about is he the best player in the league? He's, he's definitely, I think it's between him and Jewsbury. Or... I'm not putting anything like that on the... On the uh... On the record, I, uh, yeah. I I I don't I don't need anyone coming for me overtakes like that. <laughs> Dan loves it um, you know what? I missed all three goals of that Friday night. <laughs> so the first two, I'm just getting ready for the game. It's about ten two, and I'm like, right, here we go. Wetland comes down. She wants a drink. I was like, yeah, okay, no, not a problem. I'm gonna get you a drink now. No juice in. I said, like, oh my god, so shot again. Where's the juice? Is it on? Well, obviously not, I'm asking. So, um, I was like, oh, can you, do, you want, do you want a glass of milk? She's like, no, because I want it for overnight, so I need it to last, kind of thing. So, so I went to the shop, come back, 2-0 down, I was like, brilliant. And then I'm watching it, going upstairs for something, come back down, and they got the first, who we just celebrating as I come back downstairs, like, are you kidding me? Um, my last one, um, before we go on to the Twitter question, so 10 seconds with um, Hoover, Coming back into the lineup for Stoke in a back four, which I was surprised by. Um, yeah, <laughs> give away the goal basically, but then go and assist. So I think that says everything about Hoover, doesn't it? Um, if he could get playing, he's a good gaffer asset, but he's very, very bad. Um, Five at the back this week, should they? Well, we've got um, Southampton at home, haven't we, Tuesday night? So. Yeah, that's what I meant. Five at the back. I wouldn't be surprised, Dan. Uh, I don't think Neil knows, I'll be honest, what he's going to do yet. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, right, that covers that little segment. I think we should do that every week. Just a little takeaway from the weekend. That wasn't the key points. Um, let me go to the questions. Da-da-da. Right, Mark Dorney. Playing triple this week. Yeah, I'm guessing triple-triple. Who do I leave out? One of Clark, Dewsbury Hall. Swift or Perot? He's leaning towards Perot. So I'm guessing you want Swift for that Sheffield Wednesday fixture. Clever man, Mark. What clever than me. Is clever even a word? It's not, is it? 
Clavin Ray. Also, Dan doesn't know, so I'm not the only stupid one. Angus, you should know, you know, for about more clever. More clever? More clever, isn't it? I don't know, I can clever it. <laughs> let's, let's roll with that. Let's let us know. What's your answer to this question, guys? Oh, that's, that's a horrific debate. Based on the fact that I watched that Southampton Leeds game at the, at the weekend or yesterday and uh, Piero's second touch was a tackle, I'm going to suggest leaving him out, but I don't feel good about it. Who's Clark at Watford? No, I wouldn't want to leave out any yet. I'd want to all three of them, all four of yeah, them on there. Yeah, but the, the answer is almost find, find, something else, find someone else to leave out. That's a tough one, because they've all got good fixtures. They're all in good James form. Jamesby Hall, you miss out. Jamesby Hall, you miss out against Preston. You know what? This sounds stupid, uh, but I know Sheffield Wednesday by Lee Swift out. I couldn't not put it on. Yeah, you could, could bench him. Yeah, well, it's midweek as well, isn't he? So he's brave. Marty Bray's for even playing it in midweek anyway. But it could come off. But yeah, that, that's the very bad answers for that one. Um, the FPL will never stop. So, so we all just go back. So we all said someone different. So we didn't help him at all, did we? There. No. <laughs> no. Good luck, Mark. Uh, right. The FPL now. Tough to afford both Perot and Adam Armstrong. Who do we go with? So if you only had to choose one, who are you going? Piero for me. Piero's going to get twenty plus goals. Definitely. But let's say let's put it in then over a next four. We just keep your at home, Bristol City at home, Norwich and Stoke away. Um and then I've completely lost Southampton there. Stoke away, Rotherham at home, Hull away, Preston away. So over them four, yeah. you still get Pereira. Piero will score more. Yeah, yeah. Angus? Armstrong. I'd go Armstrong as well. I just think Rotter because <laughs> you well because I'm a Rutter fan, uh, but he's, he could potentially share the points with Perot, uh, where Armstrong, I think all the points are his, and I'm going to buy him back, so that's the reason for that one. Oh, I'm buying him back. Um, James Wood, uh, no question, just a big congrats for the pod this year, it's gone to a new level, gave up FPL, but loving Gaffer, despite my rank. Well, James Wood, you're my new favourite listener, um, Darren Aidy, you can jog on now, guys. Um, yeah, thanks, really, is it? Thank you very much. Um, yeah. Okay, so, Dan, you could say thank you. James is putting in some nice words for us. Sound grateful. Thank you, James. Yeah, don't worry, don't Ignore them, James. I, I'm forever grateful, mate. Um, Gaffer Hoops, what are your thoughts on Game Week 10 or Game Week 11 to play the home advantage boost? Many decent teams play at home in both weeks. So picking a week is tricky. Cheers, gents. My answer is 11, just because it's midweek. Yeah, my first answer is yes, it is tricky picking one. <laughs> um, I think it, it's, you know, it depends a little bit on how you're set up. I think 11 is the best one in a vacuum because it's the only week where Leeds, Leicester and Southampton are all at home together. But 
it depends on on what exactly you've got in your team. Good answer. Dan saying? Yes, yeah, same. Okay, FPL Frog. Are Watford waiting for Sheffield Wednesday to sack Munoz so they can sack Ismail and appoint Munoz? That'd be highly amusing, wouldn't it? I think the funniest thing was, um, I was thinking about this the other day with Munoz. Across his time at Watford and his time at Sheffield Wednesday, can you identify anything he actually does as a manager? Anything about him stylistically, what he wants the team to do, whatever. Well, I look at Sheffield Wednesday and I'm thinking, no, absolutely not. They're one of the worst teams I've ever seen at this level. But this is where Watford confused me all the time because they've had that many managers. Now you've confused me because now I think I'm wrong, which I think I am now. <laughs> Wasn't you the one who got him um, promoted with Saar? Do you remember when they switched that um, 4 to 3 1? And he yeah. didn't have the qualifications or something like that. Am I thinking of the right manager? Because there's that many. I honestly don't know at this point. Thank you, Jamie. Yeah, because they had that formation and they went really good, didn't they? And then they got promoted. Yeah. Yeah, COVID season, wasn't it? Yeah, that was it. I, I, I'll be honest. They have that many. It's so hard to keep on top of. But that would be really interesting and really funny if that did happen. And. With those two clubs and their owners, nothing would surprise me. That's all I'm going to say on that one. Um, FBL commander, help again. Fire after fire. Transferred out Barnes for Broadhead and he did not play as well. Is he a hold or sell? Um, Angus and Dan both alluded to it earlier on in the pod. Um, what, they're going to set it on Monday, Angus? That's what... Um... McKenna said was he had a slight injury and they were going to assess it on Monday. Keep an eye out on Press's commander and the injury news. And then last one, FBL Calypso. Hi, <clears throat> guys. Feel the levels of the pod have gone to a new... Oh, stop it. I'm blushing. Stop it. My new favourite listener. Uh, sorry, James. FBL Calypso is now. <laughs> 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 just everyone just keeps sending these in every week. This is great. Um, yeah. Currently on, Sara, Rowe, Clark, Philogene, love that, and Dewsbury Hall. So is this week the best for midfield dynamos, or is there another week, maybe a different player to play it? Uv Hulgar. Oh, whip switch away. Not really. I think it could potentially be a good thing. MV Davis. Davis is going to be no hearing. Might rotate, so we never know. Yeah, don't hate it. Who else did the Dewsbury Hall? So he's got Sarah Rowe, so he's got the double Norwich, Clark, Philgy, and Dewsbury Hall. Yeah, I don't, I don't hate it. It's obviously the only is it is midweek. We saw the last midweek just teams randomly resting players, but we could get to 11 and the players in our squad they could have played midweek and then. Rotate them for the Saturday, so. Yeah, and also, yeah, Norwich away at Swansea, um, away in midweek. It's not a fixture I'd like to target that one. Leicester got pressing at home, I don't think that would be an issue for him. Holloway has which I think's good. And then it was the other. Thing is, we're starting to worry, uh, worry, we're starting to run out of game weeks now, aren't we? 
that's the thing. They're coming fast. Not playing. Yeah, so is it 15 to the last game week, is it? That is the last With one. The boost? Angus, it's not the reset. Yeah, yeah it's 15 to the last one. I think, I don't know, you know, we are sitting there and every question, we're basically saying, you know, concerned about the midweek. We've only had one midweek set of fixtures so far, and yes, there was heavy rotation, so there's reason to be concerned about it. But we don't know if that's going to happen this week, do we? No. But... I think if I was playing a boost, though, yeah, I don't think I could do it just from that concern from the first sets of midweeks. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that answers that question. And then there's one last question is the guys from Kyle. Can't see his tweets. Oh, yeah, he said, are Southampton good now? They, they played well. Um, <laughs> he, he'll be able to tell you better anyway because you'll watch them on Tuesday nights. Yeah, I think I think that the the truth is they probably weren't as bad as we made them out to be off that run, or as a lot of people made them out to be off that run. Uh, they're probably not as good as the result on Saturday makes them look. Yeah. I mean, it it helps if you don't concede a goal in the first minute, yeah. which they were doing. So again, it's just again you, you get you get Mason Holgate off the pitch. I was buzzing yeah. when Kyle Walker Peters was saying. It's about time I got one. How was it for nine weeks for that? So that was brilliant. Um, yeah, and that's a wrap on the pod. And that's probably a record-breaking um, time for the podcast. We've been recording for one hour and nine minutes. Um, so, yeah. Um, but I think we've covered everything there. Anything that we've missed that you'd want to bring up now? Not that I can no. think of. No? Are we doing the midweek one? That is a very good question. It would have to be. Well, I think that's something for us to decide off um, off air, isn't it? Really, uh, but yeah, Wednesday first, you'll try to put something up definitely. Um, especially going into game week eleven, it feels like a big game week, um, with him and Fancy yeah, it does yeah. to be played um, by a lot of people. Uh, but yeah, so we'll we'll sort that out. Um, Angus will treat that from the pod accounts, whatever we decide we're doing. Uh, in the meantime. As I say every single week, um, if you know if you like the podcast, um, give us a like, subscribe, repost, all that jazz. I always forget what they're all called. That's why I always say all that jazz. And as Angus always says, give a five star review. Um, I don't actually know what it would help us to, but that's what everyone says on their podcast. So I'm guessing you'd recommend it to other people. So people who don't play Gatha can watch us. Um, that'll be fantastic. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And even if like you listen on, you know, Spotify, if you own an iPhone like Sado and you got Apple Music, go over to YouTube. Just press click on it, skip the advert, and then go off. We'll we'll get the view. The analytics will say you've only watched a second of it, but we don't care about that. Nobody sees that, do they? So yeah. Um, yeah, I'm going to stop um, begging people for interactions now because it's getting a bit desperate. <laughs> uh, nearly 60 seconds begging people to interact with the podcast. But yeah, um, hope you all enjoyed it um, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye.